This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. The Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, a left-wing think tank, uh, they've put out, at least for the past couple of years, uh, their list of what they view as the best and worst cities to be a woman in Canada. Uh, Victoria's uh, near the top, Gatineau, Quebec is near the top, near the bottom, 23rd out of 25 metropolitan areas studied, is Calgary. And that's pretty much where Calgary was last year. So what makes a city good or bad to be a woman? And what's so bad about Calgary? Joining us to talk more about this, very pleased to welcome the program, Iglika Ivanova. Hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, Senior economist, public interest researcher, the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. Uh, Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, uh, policyalternatives.ca, I guess people want to read this for themselves. But give us an overview then of kind of the methodology here. How are you ranking these cities based on what? Uh, We ranked uh, Kansas' 25 uh, largest metropolitan areas based on five um, categories that are the categories that are generally used for um, global gender gap research. And so we looked at uh, how different are men's and women's experiences in um, their access to economic security, in their uh, access to education, healthcare, positions of leadership uh, in politics and in the workplace, and in uh, personal security and violence. So those are the five categories we looked at, and uh, we measured, uh, as I mentioned, the gap between um, men's and women's experience. Okay. Now, let me ask you this, because uh, in July of last year, the, the Center for Policy Alternatives put out a similar study. When I say similar, to me, looking at the two, it would appear to be the exact same study that was released again today. It's not the exact same study. It's using the same methodology, but it's updating it for the next year of data. So um, some cities like Victoria and Calgary kept uh, their spots. They just ranked the same, happened to rank at the same spot as they, they did before. But other cities, if you look closely, you'll see that there, um, there's been considerable movement. For example, one of the cities that was worse last year is now in the middle. And, you know, there, there's a lot of movement there. So this is just one more year of data. Okay. Well, and because and, I wrote about this at the time last year, what, what stood to me is odd. Um, Alberta is a province that has uh, the highest average wage for women, the highest average median wage for women, the highest average hourly wage for women. Calgary, uh, as of last year, had the second lowest rate of unemployment for women. If you look at it in those terms, it looks like Calgary is a pretty good place to be a woman. Yeah, Calgary is a rich city, and uh, and that's no, that's no doubt. Even now, during the the economic slowdown or recession, um, that's still uh, more or less the case. But what we are looking to do is not just measure how well different cities are doing, but measure um, whether or not there is a gap between how a man um, gets to experience Calgary and how a woman gets to experience Calgary. And even though we, um, ca- women in Calgary have some of the highest wages of women in the country, they still earn considerably less than men. And that puts them at increased risk of poverty, and that puts them at an increased risk of violence than, than men. 
Well, and what I find odd, though, about using the gap as an argument is because it's it's comparing the differences. So what we've seen in, in the oil patch, and obviously the oil and gas sector is, is a key reason why wages in Alberta are so high. That sector has taken a huge hit over the course of this year, and I don't think the, this study reflects that. If the industry takes a huge hit and the wages of the men in that industry come down, that doesn't mean the plight of women is any better as a result. Um, you're correct. Uh, that it's, This isn't about bringing men down. This is about uh, allowing women to have opportunities in different areas. So, for example, like let's talk about... Um, women in, in position of leadership or senior management. Okay. Now, whether or not the oil, it's the oil sector, Calgary actually ranks near the bottom of all large cities in terms of how many women there are in senior management positions. So uh, less than basically less than one-third of senior management positions are taken by women. When we, we consider that women make up half of the university graduates, you know, get a lot of education, uh, have a lot of experience and, and a different perspective to provide, then why is it the case that so few women make it to senior leadership? And that's actually one of the areas where Calgary scores particularly poorly, the inclusion of women in leadership. What about political representation? You, you cite that as a factor too. Yeah, so when you look at... Um, Calgary City Council, the city of Calgary, um, we have uh, 15 elected seats and only two of those councillors are women. So that, that doesn't look very good in the average stats. When you add in the outlying municipalities of the Calgary region, uh, it looks slightly better. 35% of, of elected officials on average are women, but that's still, um, again, much less than 50% and it's less than the average for the country as well. Okay. Well, and let me pick up on that because it's interesting. I went back and looked uh, at uh, our mayor's um, approval ratings. And uh, one of the surveys done, I think this was late last year, uh, had Calgary's mayor, Nahed Nenshi, uh, had his approval rating in around the 70s. But amongst women, it was far higher than it was amongst men. That among, amongst women, it was 88% uh, support for the current mayor. So if women in Calgary believe that they're well represented by the current mayor... What, what do we make of that? Um, I think a lot of people um, have great respect for Mayor Nenshi, and um, he is uh, representing many constituencies very well, but it's still a problem when only two out of 15 seats are women. Um, for example, we have, I mean, Mayor Nenshi brings diversity, different aspects of diversity. He's the first Muslim mayor of a major city in Canada, and the right. first Muslim mayor of Canada, uh, of Calgary. Um, but uh, he, and he is doing a lot of work around anti-racism and those type of of um, diversity initiatives. But we also see, for example, in London, UK, they also have their first Muslim mayor uh, this year, Sadiq Khan. And what he's doing, one of the interesting initiatives he's doing is he's doing a gender pay audit at City Hall to see not just how many people are, how many women are elected to council, but also the employees of the City Hall, how many. Um, how are women paid less than men possibly for the same jobs or are women provided with the same opportunities to advance at City Hall um, as men? And I think he's found uh, that in London, UK, uh, there is a gender pay gap in the city. And, and I would like to see Mayor Nenshi do something similar in Calgary. And in fact, all big city mayors should do that at their own city halls and check um, whether or not they're paying women the same for the same work. 
Well, okay, fair enough. I, um, but let me ask the question this way, because the, the Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives advocates certain policies, right? And, and when it comes to addressing uh, inequities, there are certain policies that you believe would address that. Would women be better served by a left-wing male politician who shares those beliefs and advocates those policies, or a right-wing female politician who doesn't? Well, obviously, women would be better served when those policies are in place, but... Um, it's a lot more likely to see those policies in place when you have more women, not just at the very top, but more women in decision-making positions all through the middle management and senior management, and not just in government, but in business. And that's where Canada's really not doing as well as we should be. Uh, because when you look at the, the general indicators of, say, education and health, uh, Canada's a developed country, and so we do provide um, solid access to education and health to women and men in this country and we score well on those indicators but where we don't is the fact that we still have significant gender pay gaps we have significant gaps at who gets access to leadership positions and whose opinions and perspectives are reflected in decision making and in um, violence in fact this year is the first year in the statistics that um, women are more likely to be victims of violence than men because in Canada as a whole, violent crime is going down. We're seeing less and less violent crime, but sexual assault rates are not going down. And that's why women are now more likely to be victims of violent crime. The, the report talks about, when you talk about the pay gap, it talks about predominantly male industries like the oil sands, for example, or IT or, or construction. But it doesn't. I don't see anything in this report that says, how can we help women access those professions that pay more? Why isn't that the response then? Um, I think this is part of the response for sure. Uh, and when you look at this report, in fact, it doesn't offer very many recommendations. What it does is just uh, put the facts out there and uh, start a conversation about the, the reality of a gender gap that still exists. I think some people think that we've solved the problem. And the gender gap is our mother's generation concern or our grandmother's generation. But... Um, what this report shows is we haven't solved the problem. We still have significant differences in how, um, how much access to opportunity men and women have. And uh, the report doesn't focus uh, very much on um, how exactly to solve the problem. It points at areas that need addressing. And I think um, in terms of why women um, are underrepresented in, in certain industries like technology or uh, resources, um, it's a very good question, and I would definitely like to see some efforts on getting more women into those those sectors, absolutely. Okay. Well, again, uh, more at policyalternatives.ca. People can uh, read the study for themselves. Uh, Ms. Ivanova, thank you so much for joining us here. Appreciate this. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. That's uh, Iglika Ivanova, Senior Economist and Public Interest Researcher at the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives which um, they describe as an independent and nonpartisan think tank policy research institute. Now, a few people have texted to say, wait a sec, are these <laughs> my tax dollars paying for this? I don't believe so. Uh, I, well, I'll, I'll double check the, the specifics. Uh, I, I'm not sure if the uh, CCPA has claimed uh, official charity status. Um, but I don't believe they receive any direct uh, government funding. 
Now, I've got more thoughts on this, uh, as mentioned at, at our blog at Newstalk770.com and uh, posted on Facebook as well. And you can join the conversation there, facebook.com slash Newstalk770Calgary. So my contention, and just looking at the facts, because obviously I'm not a woman and I'm not going to speak to the experience of being a woman in, in Calgary or Kitchener or Gatineau or Victoria or anywhere else. Uh, but as I wrote last year, Alberta has the highest average wage, the highest median wage, and the highest average hourly wage for women. Calgary's rate of female un- uh, uh, employment is second only to Regina's. Alberta has the country's highest paid teachers, highest paid nurses, two examples of professions with high female representation. Moreover, as Statistics Canada has found, among full-time workers employed in broadly comparable industries and occupations, women's wages amounted to 92% of men's wages in 2011. So I, I think they're still perpetuating some myths about this, this overall wage gap. Uh, so that's how I see it. And is it really fair to, to rank cities this way? Are women better off if there are more uh, women on city council? I'm not sure. I mean, if there are obstacles that are keeping women out of politics, then certainly we should address that. But as, as our guest said, they're not really offering any kind of solutions. They're just uh, laying it all out there. So your thoughts, your reaction, 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.